Hi, Katie. Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast. Where we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of. <laughs> How are you doing on this fine, fine Thursday? Not too... Thursday? Thursday. Tuesday. <laughs> the other tea. Man, I wish it was Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, and I feel bad. I don't want to wish my life away, but that's just... No. That's what happens, though, isn't it? In the modern yeah. day. Well, probably at all day. Anyone that works wishes their life away. That's just the way it is, right? Yeah, back in the cavemen times, they were like trying to, you know, kill a lion. So they were, man, I wish it was Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't track days. That wasn't a thing for them. They probably did, though, right? Like, in some form of, like, are they <laughs> using, like, the sunrise and sunset? They didn't have, like, a weekend. So, like, when they're arranging a date, it's just like, so, uh, I met this really cool, uh, cave lady. <laughs> We've got a date. Oh, when are you meeting? In, like, seven suns' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seven moons. <laughs> what have you been up to recently? My weekend was really uneventful. I, I didn't do anything. I watched actually. I, I marathoned season ten of The Walking Dead in just like a day. I would love doing that. It's so good. It was really good, but I mean, like, it was maybe a bit too much zombie. Can you get too? <laughs> it's quite a heavy concentration of zombie. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any zombie dreams. I like so. I mean, it didn't affect me as much as I thought it might do. I've never seen an, uh, an entire episode of The Walking Dead. How how have you gone? I feel like it's it's gone on for so long now. Yeah, it's going to take I a long now, time to get Oh my God, it would take up. me such a long time to get all the way through. I think I'm going to marathon it all the way through, though, once it ends. But there's only there's one more season left, I think, and then it's done. It's over. You can move on with your life. <laughs> I actually uh, marathoned... Um, the whole of season this is very different because there's less episodes season three of um the handmaid's tale which i was behind on oh yeah was oh i have been i mentioned this on on the twitter but i have been listening to or marathoning also the patient zero podcast which is about lyme disease yeah it's really really interesting you should all go check it out it's only like um eight or nine episodes lyme disease lyme disease yeah, it's a very interesting subject because what I know about Lyme disease is primarily from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. Um, which one of the cast members, Yolanda, um, has Lyme disease. And so I wanted to be a bit more informed, but also this is interesting because what they know about Lyme disease is so like disparate and like there's not that much concrete stuff about yeah. it. So... Yeah, really interesting if you're interested in um, disease. Yeah, the, the the rambler's illness. Yeah, yeah. If... Goddamn ticks. So, Danny, you're going to watch the new Mulan? Probably not. My family's from Hong Kong, so I'm... Uh, Controversial. I'm on that side of the uh, of the argument, so... So, there's kind of two arguments here, right? There's one that's the argument against watching it because of the way that China are treating people in China... And the uh, and the film producers and the actors' uh, attitude towards that, yeah, and also, yeah, the Hong Kong um, debate because the lead actress she was talking about I don't know exactly what she said I don't remember but something to do with her being against the protests, yeah, in Hong Kong. In order to it was a very cynical thing to do as well. It was in order to sell the the film in China, which has failed because it's it's fake. Is doing really badly in the box office in China, and yeah. and around the rest of the world. So yeah, I think it's on my my naughty list. <laughs> but I am I've got a couple of films booked in for the film festival, which is coming up. 
which I'm excited mm. about, including Soul, which is the new Disney movie by the guy who did Inside Out. Okay. Uh, this year, a lot of them are digital. Okay. So we've got some of those bought as well. Even though it's like totally different. I want to give a big shout out to the BFI, you know, because the BFI South Bank, I've been a couple of times. Um, I just went at the weekend. And do you know what they've done? They've done something incredibly sensible and clever, which is they've taken out um, a third of their seats. So it's like oh, one really? seat and on. then they've taken two seats out by either side of you. Yeah. Which means that obviously you can't sit directly next to someone in your household, but like you're at a cinema, that's not what you're there for. So even though I went with Paul, we were sitting like three seats apart. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not there to have a chat with him anyway. Yeah. Let's watch the movie. We can chat afterwards. And so that they ensure that everybody is two meters apart by just cutting down their seat their seats. It's just so clever. And I really like applaud them for that because they could keep all the seats in and make more money. But they were like, no, this is the safest way. For a lump of seats. Yeah, I went to see some uh, stand-up comedy, but it was outdoors. Um, and they, they, I think like the capacity was only like 30. Like, that was like the ma- maximum they were allowed to have. It was good, but it was also really sad. Like everyone was just wearing their masks and it was just... Seemed kind of empty and... When did we go to the Bill Murray? Oh, yeah, that was uh, a while back now. January, right? Yeah. God, it feels like a different lifetime. Moan Rizwan. Yeah, yeah. That's probably totally wrong, but um, we loved him. He yeah, was his really song really Mango funny. Chutney is one of the funniest things I think I've ever heard. Mango Chutney and also Have a Mizking. <laughs> They're both excellent. Go look him up. Definitely rate him. What are you reading at the moment? I'm reading Atomic Love, which is a review book that I got. I really wish they'd named it something else. I know that sounds horrible because I'm sure the author loves her name. Um, because anything that's like Atomic Love, it sounds like a cheesy romance, right? Mm. But it's really not. It's about like this woman who worked on the Manhattan Project, who yeah. has like a who has like a, a romance that's like sour and you know kind yeah. of. And I really, really love the writing style. It was so, like, fluid. And it's been, like, a while since I've read one that's just so, like... Oh, nice. I'm just going through it really quickly and it's, like, flowing and I'm really enjoying. And also the history element is really interesting. So once that comes out, I have a blog on it, on my blog. And you can all check it out. And, yeah. Cool. Hit it up. Atomic love. (laughs) What about you? I am currently reading, finally just got onto it, I've been meaning to buy this book for ages, and it only just came out this year. I am reading Mussolini's War by John Gooch, and uh, yeah, it's really good. Nice, it's interesting. Like quite a niche kind of like bit of World War Two history, I think, like not many people know about the Italian army, but... Um, yeah, it really is, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, just uh, how utterly unprepared they were for war. Is it like just based around Mussolini, or is it just that's the title? Uh, it's just it's yeah, Italy in general. That's just the title. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't actually so far. It hasn't really focused on him that much. It's just kind of like gone around like the various generals. Well, just like how people are trying to make his vision work, which is mm. essentially impossible because yeah, he's just totally unprepared. <laughs> he um, he did a lot of shagging, didn't he? He did do a lot of shagging. Yeah. <laughs> I love the conversations that he quotes in the book so far. I've just been him and his lover and his mistress, oh Carlotta. One of his lovers. <laughs> oh, hell, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
Nice. You can go visit his bedroom, right? We've talked about this before on can this you? podcast. This is the second time we've mentioned <laughs> this. Um, everyone, once we're open again to the world, <laughs> you can go visit Mussolini's bedroom. With the, the bed still in there. Really? <laughs> I'm guessing they've changed the sheets. I'm really hoping they've changed the sheets. Yeah, definitely. it's been like a while. <laughs> yeah, Mussolini sweat. Ugh. Ooh. Grim. But imagine that tour, though. Imagine that history tour. <laughs> These are the real sheets that Miss Lenny sweated in. <laughs> That's a weird thing to want to see, I think. Uh, no, I want to see it. I'm sorry. Do I do. <laughs> I guess for kind of just like the dark element. just Yeah, exactly. Like there's that um, dark tourism thing. Yeah, there's yeah. actually a Netflix documentary called Dark Tour- Tourist where he goes to like, you know, places that have been... Like Chernobyl, for example. Yeah, yeah. Where you should not go to Chernobyl, guys. It's still not safe. Like, that's not an okay place to go. <laughs> Just don't go there. There's like a cafe in Chernobyl. It's called like the Chernobyl Cafe. There's a documentary on the cafe. And it's like, what are you doing? So just go get yourself some little bit of grub in a... Inhale. While bathing in radiation. Radiation. Lovely, lovely stuff. Mic- microwave your food with the air. <laughs> wow, this is so cool. <laughs> and you go home and you've got like radiation poisoning. <laughs> it's the price you have to pay for a toasty in Chernobyl. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, should we talk about your person? Okay then. Uh, I'm not going to give any warning. Actually, I'm just going to go for it and we'll see, okay. see where it goes. So have you ever heard of Lady Catherine Ferrers? No. Okay. Oh, wait. Wait, have I? I don't know. Have you? <laughs> I feel like I have, but maybe I just don't know that's her name. I think, yeah. You, I go, th- you I... go with it, and then I'll tell you if I have Okay, then. Okay. I think, I, yeah, I think there might be some, yeah. No, you'll be okay. We'll see. We'll see anyway. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Catherine was born on the 4th of May, 1634, at Bayford in Hertfordshire, to Knighton Ferrers, heir to the vast Ferrers estate, and his wife, uh, Catherine, formerly Waters, and then obviously later Ferrers, who was also an heiress to a considerable fortune. So, quite a wealthy pair. Mm. So, the family had been hardcore Protestants and the such had, found, uh, had earlier found favour in the courts of both Henry VIII and Edward VI. And, like, so much so that... Um, Eddie granted the family extensive properties in Hertfordshire. So, really taking advantage of that whole Reformation thing, it's likely they were given... I was about to say, these are Protestants, right? Yeah, yeah, they were given great chunks of that land seized from the church. (laughs) So these included Bayford, Ponsbourne, Agnells, and the family mansion at Flamstead. Flamstead, that's a really cool name. That is so... I was just thinking that's so cool. Hey, where do you live? Flamstead? <laughs> uh, and also the manor house at Markiate. Markiate Cell. At Markiate. Markiate Cell. That's a weird name for a house, isn't it? Cell. Like, <laughs> so yeah, man. I mean, like, back then, housing crisis, eat your heart out. Just yeah. many mansions for Where do you somewhere? <laughs> uh, unfortunately... Knight and Ferrers died in 1640 when Catherine was only six. Oh, no. Six would be the way, isn't it? All these stories just full of tragedy. Everyone's, par- everyone's parents just die when they're about... When they're still tiny 
youths. Yeah, we haven't really had one that's had a good parental relationship. Actually, no. Aubrey Beardsley had a really good relationship with his mother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So, there's one. <laughs> so, he had been heir to the Ferris estate. So, when Knighton's father, Catherine's grandfather, uh, died, the estate passed to her. She had had a brother, but he died young, so she now became the sole uh, inheritor of the knight and the state. So, you'd think, this is pretty cool, right? Catherine is now going to find herself an independently wealthy woman. Um, I don't think so somehow. This is 1600s. Yeah, damn right. Something's going to happen. <laughs> That's just not how the 1600s go down. That's not how it works. <laughs> so her fat, widowed mother... Uh, ended up marrying Sir Simon Fanshawe later the same year. So she didn't take too long. Didn't wait around. Just moved on pretty quickly. That's what happened, you know? Yeah, I know. You can't... Yeah, yeah, exactly. 1600s. No time to grieve. So two years later, in 1642, when Catherine was just eight, the English Civil War broke out. So... Uh, yes, it did. Unsurprisingly, with Sir in the name and that lovely estate going on, the Fanshawes, being of noble stock through their lot in with the king. And so Simon and his new wife and stepdaughter joined King Charles I in Oxford, his wartime capital. Tragedy would strike again that winter when Catherine's mother died. So oh no. Catherine, oh, baby. Catherine was left in the care of her stepfather's household until two years later again when Catherine was just 10. So Fanshawe's forces were defeated uh, at the Battle of Marston Moor, which was a turning point in the war. And Fanshawe was taken prisoner by the parliamentarians. After which Catherine was made uh, a ward of the court. So I think that just means that she's now... Her parent is basically just the court. Yeah, so she lives at court, right? Yeah. And she's like a child and runs around at court. Which is such a... I, that's like the best vision of like Tudor time. Well, Tudor Stuart times. Mm. It's like actually living at court. Which isn't a thing anymore. But I love it. Yeah. Um, which was looked after by Simon's sister Alice uh, at Hamilton, uh, Huntingdonshire. So, war and tragedy given this poor little girl one hell of a tumultuous childhood. Surely, surely her fortunes would be changed when she reached adulthood and gained her inheritance and found herself free and independently wealthy. Surely, surely. She'd, be able to, surely she'd be able to carve herself out her own little piece of calm finally. But that's not going to happen, is it? Because it's the nope. goddamn 1600s. She's a woman. So, in 1643, the sequestration committee placed the estates of known royalists in the hands of local commissioners and their rents and other incomes were kept by Parliament. So, essentially, just basically a reparations from the Civil War. Great. So, unlike Parliament, the Royalist Party was dependent on voluntary contributions. So, the Fanshawes had contributed heavily to the Royalist cause and, of course, now found their assets cut. So, the Fanshawes and their greedy little allies to Catherine to restore their fortunes. In April 1648, when Catherine was just shy of 14, the Fanshawes decided that she'd come of age and it was time for her to marry. So, they married her off to 16-year-old Thomas Fanshawe. Uh, her stepfather's nephew, who immediately took control of Catherine's considerable fortune. I, I think I know who this person is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Min- I worked it out, yeah. <laughs> Many of her inherited assets were quickly disposed of. The manor in Flamstead... Flamstead Manor, man! 
flams, take flams, flams by the way. Please tell me that's still there and we can go there. <laughs> it might be. I'm going to have to laugh in a bit. Let's Actually, I'm going to look it up now quickly. <laughs> Flamstead. It's called Beechwood Park Mansion now, I think. Oh, that's not as fun. No. Oh, it's was a mansion. Oh, yeah, it's now, it's now a school. Is that the same place? I don't know. Anyway, it might be a school now. Where else did they get rid of? Okay. So, yeah, Flamstead, her childhood home, was sold in 1654. So desperate for immediate cash with the fanshaws that Marky 8 sale, which had been leased to tenants in the years after her father's death, and had brought in a steady income, and all the farms around it were all disposed of the following year. So they were hardly business savvy. They just needed that cash instantly. So they decided to take a fortune and invest in another war, of course. Of course. Really sensible war in yeah. general. Just love it. After Cromwell's death in 1658, his son, uh, Richard Cromwell, Cromwell <laughs> took over the protectorate. However, he was weak and uh, was expected to basically just be in the thrall of the army. So, except when he refused the army's orders to uh, dissolve Parliament, he was just forced to resign. Parliament yeah, was then... Yeah, didn't do well. Yeah, he, was, he sucked. Sucked majorly. <laughs> uh, Parliament was then dissolved and replaced by the Rump Parliament, which is basically just like a military junta. So we have military juntas as well in this country. That's nice, do isn't we? it? Well, we did back then in the 1600s, not now. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, So, hoping to take advantage of the confusion that followed the fall of the Protectorate, Thomas took part in Booth's uprising. So, that was intending to restore Charles II to the throne. It failed, and Thomas was imprisoned in the Tower of London in 1659. Thomas was kept there until he was freed just a year later when Charles was finally restored in 1660. Yeah, just... That's so... Oh, we can't even do anything, right? We can't even do a civil war, right? Yeah. You know what? We actually want the monarchy back? Is that, <laughs> is that okay? Like... We've got to make up of, our minds. Got, got into a bit of a, a tussle there. And... <laughs> so, documentary evidence suggests that Catherine lodged at the Strand during the celebration, which took place in February 1660. She then died sometime... In the first two weeks of June, at the age of just 26. A family history ruined by Herbert Fanshawe in 1927 suggests she died during childbirth. However, since Catherine's husband was imprisoned in, 19, in 1659, following the Booth Uprising in the North, and not released until February 1660, there is a question of paternity. Mm. But, so ultimately, Catherine's mis- uh, death is a mystery. So, what happened to her? What did happen to her? There's a far more interesting theory as to what caused her death. So, as we've heard, Catherine should have been a wealthy woman. However, she found herself caught up in a family that seemed intent on throwing the cash away on frivolous wars. And so, it is believed that Catherine came to highway robbery in her husband's absence in order to redress her fast dwindling fortune. <laughs> <laughs> It's a twist, man. It's a, it's a twist. <laughs> it's a classic twist. She wasn't dead. <laughs> well, she was dead, but that's not how it happened. So during this time, 
Many highwaymen were royalist supporters bereft of home, estates or income who were left to make a living as best they could uh, during the, all the craziness. So basically, like, so any courteous highway robber uh, that anyone encountered was perceived to be one of these well-mannered gentlemen. So I'm not really sure where this evidence has actually come from, but social historian David Brandon says, uh, Catherine Ferrer's first experience gave her a taste for more. She enjoyed the sense of power she obtained from seeing men lose their bluster when facing the business end of a pistol. The business end. Which end is that? <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know where she, he got that. Like, the, it, like his cover, like, basically he wrote a book about, like, highwaymen, and there's, like, just kind of very short passages about each like fa- like the famous ones and there's kind of like quite a lot of like detail that he writes about her but ultimately it- it's detail taken from a film about about like about her it's it's like it's not taken from fact at all there are like facts out there that kind of like point to her being a a highwayman but that film isn't accurate and for some reason he uses the film's plot as his evidence oh, it's a bit strange this is a lot of people with like people like shakespeare or even the mulan or yeah. whatever they're like can do love a bit of conjecture yeah completely they're like, and they're like shakespeare probably thought <laughs> this and i'm like you don't tell me what he was thinking you don't know unless he's written it down himself then yes. i'm not buying it but i ain't, I ain't buying it <laughs> But it's a nice little passage, so thank you for that, David. <laughs> Just Dave. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, perhaps years of frustration being passed around, forced to marry and seeing her fortune stripped from her, kind of made her feel that way. So, I mean, if she even was a highway woman. So, highway woman. Highway woman, sorry. It's said that she focused all her efforts on the busy Watling Street, uh, which we mentioned in the Boudicca yes, podcast, did. The Final Battle. So it was a main arterial, arterial road that ran up England. So that reportedly, I don't know where the, sh- the reportedly comes from, but reportedly proved very lucrative. So um, with like highway, maybe you're coming into this. Yeah. Um, wh- where would they like live? Uh, well, it depends really. I mean, the gentlemen would just like live in their own homes. Like their, right. their estates yeah, and guess. just kind of like ride out from there or I mean well basically I mean at some point she recruited an accomplice or joined joined another ex- like existing kind of like experienced uh, highwayman called Ralph Chaplin who was a r- local farmer who was also right. feeling the uh, economic ravages of war and it turns turned highwayman to make up his uh, his income so he just lived on his in his, his farmhouse on his farm and just galloped on out at night and robbed rich people on Watling, Watling Street with uh, wow. apparently with Catherine. Cool. Sounds good. So, Sounds uh, legit. <laughs> Buy good. <laughs> so Ferris apparently quickly earns the nickname the Wicked Lady. Uh, she's said to have donned a three-cornered, three-cornered hat, obviously, standard, a black mask to hide her identity, along with a long black coat and uh, dark breeches. And rode a black horse. I mean, like, that's just basically just what every single highwayman looks yeah. like. Or Zorro, yeah. Um, this is, I think I've seen, like, a picture. Yeah. Like a like a sketch or, you know, whatever. Like yeah, a, yeah. There's of definitely a few of them flying around. Yeah. Uh, emerging at night to attack coaches and terror- terrorise their passengers. I mean, like, obviously, you're not going to do that during the day. 
I mean, all that all that black is not gonna. Sorry, yeah, gonna help um, when it's really bright. Because you. <laughs> uh, you better than I would. Yeah, <laughs> if you were wearing bright of... colours. <laughs> Should be wearing like green and stuff. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, being a being a highwayman is obviously a dangerous profession. Uh, the average life expectancy, apparently, of a highwayman was just twenty eight years. What? So, yeah, twenty eight years. And how would they? How would they be killed usually? Either just shot. Was there uh, trying to trying to pull off a robbery or just caught and hung? Most were right. just a lot of them were just hung, strung up. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ralph Chaplin was caught one night committing a robbery on Finchley Common and was executed on the spot. Some people say he was shot. Some people say he was just hung from a tree. So you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, we also don't really know what kind of relationship they had if they had one at all, uh, or much else at all. Everything's conjecture. <laughs> but if she, maybe, I mean. If she was preggers and died in childbirth, which this story says, this this theory says she didn't, but if she did, and there was like bits from this story that are true and bits from the other story that are true, maybe she was preggers with Ralph's kid. Because she wasn't pre- pregnant with Thomas's kid because he was in the Tower of London. So maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, so it said that she would change at dusk into her highwayman's clothes in a secret room in her house accessed through a concealed staircase before riding off to rob and murder. Probably should utter no stand and deliver, fearing her voice might give her away, and instead she just emerged from the darkness to ruthlessly attack coachmen and passengers alike. Yet no one, not even her servants, knew of Catherine's misdeeds. Well, not yet, anyway. Uh-oh. Uh, so her highwayman activities aside, conjecture, again, suggests... Catherine was responsible for much else besides. So, until her death, there had been many outrages committed in the area. Houses had been set ablaze, their occupants asleep inside. Uh, Cattle were just shot in the fields. That just seems quite... That seems a bit random. Yeah, definitely. Just like That's just like... That's senseless vandalism, isn't it? That's like like, aliens, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe Ralph was doing that, you know, to kill off the competition. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. Or yeah. maybe they were like, I don't know, some sort of cow war. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah, just funsies. This just be. Maybe they just got drunk and they were just like, yeah, shoot some cattle. I don't know. Or not... it's conjecture. It didn't <laughs> really happen. Uh, apparently a watchman or, you know, an old school policeman was shot dead on his own doorstep. Oh, no. Um, and this reign of terror by a person or persons unknown... Uh, which had been put down to marauding bands of outlaws. Strangely, uh, ended abruptly when Lady Catherine died. So, oh, very strange indeed. Hmm. Uh, or you know, there was a war on, so maybe it had something to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> it was in the middle of the English Civil War, but you know, it's a good story though. Uh, so now I'm going to read a story told by the Watford Observer. This is a modern story. It's not so not by any stretch of the of imagination a historical record, but I like it, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> okay, go for it. It's 1652. A wagon trundles out of St Albans, carrying supplies for an inn at Gusted Wood, near Wheat Hampstead. The driver rides alone, despite the risk of hold up by highwaymen. A not uncommon occurrence on dark nights over territory perfect for ambush. The remote and lonely no-man's-land common. 
True, the stage to and from London provides a more lucrative target for robbers, its passengers carrying money and jewellery, but humble wagons and carts could also provide booty, whiskey and gin, or ornaments and fancy clothing. What drivers and passengers thought about crossing no man's land, one can only imagine. They must have known surely of the risks of attack. The commons disputed lands belonging to the Abbey of St Albans and Westminster, hence no man's land. It was never developed, a situation prevailing to this day. As on the other open heaths, the highwaymen could strike at any time. Armed and dangerous, the penalty they would pay if caught was death. They would shoot to kill in the furtherance of their crime or to escape capture. The driver of the wagon that night was alone, but not for long. So along the way, he gave a lift to two men who secreted themselves among the baggage. They may have been his friends or two persons cadging a lift, or secretly smuggled aboard with no one's knowledge to provide a surprise package in the event of a hold-up. Whatever the reason, at least one was armed with a gun, and when out of the darkness a lone horse rider approached and shot the driver, the armed passenger returned fire, mortally wounding the highwayman who rode off into the night. And keeping on riding all the way to Markygate, where the highwayman was found dead the next day at the stately home of the Ferrers family, Markygate Cell, by servants, and where a strange and bloody black horse was discovered wandering the grounds. <gasps> Catherine Ferrers was buried, fittingly at night, at St Mary's Church, in where, not as might be expected in the fam- Ferrers family tomb, the shame she would have brought to the family name, would have barred her from such privilege. <gasps> I believe it. Boom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm, sold. I'm down with I'm that. Sold. I love that. Is she, so did you check her gravesite? Is she not, she's uh, not buried in there. It's like, again, it's just kind of like... I guess different have kind to of probably stories. go there yeah. need to check it. If anybody's like around the area, could you check if she... Apparently she is, in, yeah, apparently she is St Mary's Church, actually. That's how but not buried in the family yeah. crypt. Wow. Hang on, let's have a quick check. Da, 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 da. Yep, she was, yeah. Buried at St Mary's Church in Ware on the 13th of June, 1660. Wow. There well, you go. To our, our little tour. I'm down. I'm down with that. She was definitely a highwayman. Oh, woman. yeah, I totally believe it. Though, so young. I know, yeah. But, you know, it's a dangerous job. But someone's, someone's got to do that, it. Like you knew, <laughs> you were like such a dangerous job. Everyone, this guy works on content. He does not know anything <laughs> about being a highway woman. I don't know. I've been, uh, I've been known to uh, wander I've the streets to... <laughs> all the way <laughs> to rob to rob those on on horseback in uh, in Hampstead Heath. <laughs> what was on the last time horse, you rode a horse? On the horse that I keep in. The courtyard in my block of flats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, where else are you? You keep it in like the bicycle rack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, if you had a horse, what would you call it? Well, I'm trying to remember all the horse names I've got in uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> I've got like a. I called like I had a golden horse that I called Asia. I'd probably do that. Hmm, that's a solid horse name. <laughs> really is. How old would you call your horse? Well, I have a unicorn, not a real one, obviously, <laughs> called Dr. Awesome Clip-Clop. Called Awesome so, Clip-Clop? Dr. Awesome Clip-Clop. Okay, then. Nice. Um, 
So, you know, something along those lines. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know, um, Professor Special Trot. Professor Special Trot. Um, Yeah, I really shouldn't own a horse, (laughs) as you could tell. We're all going to need horses sooner rather than later when the cataclysm happens and the world returns to medieval times. (laughs) That would be. I just really want. That's to what's going to happen if Tom if if Trump wins the next election. Have you read the New York Times article about his taxes yet? Yeah. It's yeah, got- me too. It's quite a long article. I have to say to everyone out there, but you should definitely give it a read because even though some of it is quite like financially, it's just you need to be informed about just, what this guy is doing. It's just not going to damage him, though. He paid less seen. income tax in the last couple of years than I do. Yeah. He's paid ton- he's paid tons less than I did. I'm really bit I'm really bitter about that. <laughs> even though one even though like the seven hundred dollars is just like what that's like that's less than a tenth than I paid. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. I so I don't need I just about take home a thousand I take <laughs> like a thousand home a month because of all tax. It's ridiculous. Um yeah, I'm really like But the problem is a lot of people just don't care, do they, Dan? No, they do not give a solitary shit, do they? It's mad. No, not, not a single one. So if you're out there and you're Americans, we do have some American listeners. Hello. Hello. Please vote vote for Biden, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> don't, if you're going to vote for Trump, please let me know why, and I will do my best to convince you otherwise. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be pretty partisan on this. <laughs> not going to lie to you guys. Yeah. Two lefties here, <laughs> one Labour, one Lib Dem. We are really not gonna <laughs> let you screw this up. Um, what are you doing for the rest of your evening? Hmm. Well, we finished Cobra Kai now, so we've got to find something else to watch. Man, this the final to Cobra Kai. Like, I'm not gonna give anything away, but that was a. I have. To, I, I think that's one of the best final like finals I've seen. Nice. For any series for, for quite a long time. Like, better than better than Game of Thrones by a lot better. That's not difficult. That's not difficult if Game of Thrones hard. finale was <laughs> pants. I mean, I haven't seen the latest Walking Dead yet, because that's on Sunday. But, I mean, yeah, it was incredible. It was really good. Like, the choreographing. I'm going to say, there's a big fight scene, and the choreographing is immense. And then... And then it will I don't think that anyone was in you. any doubt that there'd be a big fight scene with good choreographing. And it gets torn away from you. And, oh man, people should watch it. It's such a great series. I, like, I can't get over how genuinely good it is. Like, from, like I, was going, I went in just thinking it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be enjoyable but silly, but it's actually genuinely it's like brilliant, brilliant writing. Well, it's definitely on our list. Matt's away at the moment, so um, we're... Definitely up for something new, I think. Though we did start watching Shit's Creek, um, because we we like a nice like twenty minute, oh yeah, like, yeah comedy yeah. like sitcom, and now we're like we finished like everything ever, <laughs> like um, Community and everything. I try, I'm trying to get him to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. For some reason, he's like really against it. It's like really? one of my favorite sitcoms. Yeah, I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. So good. Um, I love Cap- but... Captain Holt. Captain Holt is just a Captain Holt is they're all genius excellent. character. Gina he plays is it so like well. one of the best though. 
I love her so much. Yeah, she's like, cool. she, it's just like when she she's in the bar and they've got like there's this table next to her with a bottle of wine and two glasses, and then she just gets up and she just takes the bottle and she says thank you and walks off <laughs> and i'm just like i wish i was gina it's <laughs> so, the one where gina gets captain holt into crazy squares oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> guys watch brooklyn 99 if you haven't seen it so good yeah it's awesome um also andy sandberg is my bae yeah yeah oh, lonely island Oh my gosh, Lonely Island. Happy birthday to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the real world, Jackass. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, on that note, uh, things that you should do are watch Cobra Kai. Yes. Listen to Patient Zero. Oh yes. Uh, um, And then go watch some old school Lonely Island and watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and register to vote. Yeah, America. boy. Well, I mean, also, if you're in the UK, I know there's not a general election for ages, but you can still register. Make sure, you know, you're up to date on your go join a political party, see what's around. We've got yeah. the London mayoral elections next year. Oh, yeah. So you can, if you're in London, register for those. Yep. Go volunteer, help at your food bank, help at your local Oxfam shop. All that good stuff. All that good stuff. I don't know why I decided to <laughs> name a load of things you do in your community. Um... Oh, but one thing you can do, you can do it right here, and that is subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Damn right. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Have You Ever Pod. And thank you so much for everyone that has been following, and we are following everyone back and posting and liking, and we love you all so very much. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye.